Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff. Today, I want to give you guys a brief history of my wrestling experiences. I know most of you guys know this, but if you are not aware, I am not a wrestler. Before I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I had never done any grappling. I came in as a complete beginner. Growing up, my two favorite sports were soccer and basketball. I loved playing those sports with my friends, and I spent a lot of time trying to get good at them. But by the time I was a freshman in high school, I had realized that basketball had no future. I was not going to play in college, and there's no way in hell I was going to play professionally. I was going to be lucky to make my varsity high school team. I was average height with average skills. But I was thriving in soccer. I really thought I had a future in that sport. The goal was to get a college scholarship and then play professionally. Now, that's not what ended up happening. Uh, But freshman year is also when I was introduced to wrestling. It first popped up on my radar, uh, radar as a sport that I could possibly play. Now, my dad had wrestled in high school growing up. So he had shown us a couple of moves, me and my brother, and me, him, and my brother would wrestle around from time to time. We always had a lot of fun doing that. But I didn't see wrestling as a real sport until I was a freshman in high school. The school I went to was just outside of Louisville, Kentucky. And there was right around 2,000 students there, so it was a pretty big school. We had all the major sports. We competed in the 4A division, which you know all the biggest school, schools in Kentucky competed in 4A. So we were going against the biggest and best schools. And our wrestling team was consistently ranked in the top 10. We always had really good teams. We always had guys that would place in the state championships, and we always had somebody that would win the state champions, uh, would, would become a state champion. We even had a handful of guys that went off and competed in college. The wrestling coach, for some reason, every preseason would ask me to be on the team. And by the time I was like a junior in high school, he was practically begging me. I don't know why he felt so strongly about me being on the team. But he would just come up to me and be like, please, Scaff, join the wrestling team. I really think you'll like it. I think you will thrive as a wrestler. I think you're perfect for the sport. And obviously he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, but that I would come to realize a few years later when I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I love grappling. I think it's in my blood. I think I could have been a really good wrestler if I would have started as a youngster. But he saw it in me. What's interesting is is he wasn't a good wrestling coach. So there's a few reasons I never joined the wrestling team. The first being that soccer was my main priority. And I don't know if it's this way still, but when I was growing up, parents had this idea that you needed to specialize. Your kids needed to specialize in a skill, a couple of things, one or two things. I need to get as good as they possibly could in those, uh, you know, whether it was a sport or, you know, like an instrument or an activity. And that would take them far, farther than if they just diversified. Every parent was trying to earn their kid a college scholarship. And so kids were specializing early on. And I was specializing in soccer. And it just didn't make any sense to me at the time to pick up a sport like wrestling. Like, why would I devote three or four months out of the year to wrestling when I could spend, those t- spend that time getting better at soccer? 
And that was the biggest reason, but there were also a couple of others. Now, my friends played soccer, basketball, and wrestling. I really never had a lot of football playing friends. Most of my friends, again, were on the soccer team, but I had a bunch of friends that were on the wrestling team. And so I was very aware of how difficult the practices were. And I also heard a lot about the wrestling coach. Now, the wrestling coach was your stereotypical um, you know, high school coach. He had never wrestled. He didn't wrestle in college. He hadn't even wrestled in high school. He grew up playing baseball and football. And he had, uh, you know, he just loved being a high school coach. And he was the baseball coach for a couple of seasons. He couldn't be the football coach because we already had an established football coach. So he took over the wrestling program. And he just didn't know a lot about wrestling. He focused on conditioning. That was his specialty. He ran the wrestling team into the ground. Some of those practices that I had witnessed were just grueling. And he was notorious for making his guys, like if they got a bad grade or if they showed up late to practice, I mean, they would be lunging like a mile. Like they would go to the track and just lunge for a mile. Guys wouldn't be able to walk for a couple of days. And I was like, there is no way in hell I'm joining a team that's coached by that guy. Now, he was the PE coach as well as the strength and conditioning coach as well. We had two strength and conditioning coaches when I was in high school, and he was the one that I had, uh, you know, that I had learned kind of weightlifting from when I was a junior. I had taken his weightlifting class, and he had given me some really, really bad advice and some really bad technique. Um, you know, he showed us forms on how to do all the big lifts and a lot of the, the stuff that he told us just wasn't correct. And he was doing the same thing in wrestling. At least that's what my friends were telling me, that he just wasn't a good wrestling coach. They learned mostly whether, um, you know, whether it was from going off to other camps or just kind of on their own. But he wasn't the best source. And so I was like, why am I going to go wrestle for a guy that's not very good? He runs his guys into the ground, and it just doesn't look fun. The practices look miserable. Another huge thing that deterred me was when I saw my friend's weight cut. My best friend growing up, his younger brother, who was also one of my friends, was a year younger than us. And he was a super good wrestler. He ended up going and wrestling at Lindsey Wilson College, uh, which is an NAIA school. He got a scholarship to wrestle there. He won state championships in Kentucky two times, I believe. But he was a beast. And I just remember during wrestling season, he wouldn't eat. He'd sit at our lunch table and just not eat. And I would watch him do this for months. And I was like, oh my God, this is the worst sport there is. You can't eat if you wrestle. And he wasn't the only wrestler. Like, guys would just not eat certain days. And I'm just wondering, like, is this like an all-day thing? And they would try and explain it to me as I'm eating, like, two cheeseburgers. And I'd be like, man, I can play soccer and eat as much as I want. I don't gain any weight. I'm playing soccer every single day. I'm going to stick with that. And so whenever the coach would ask me, I would think about, you know, kind of his lack of knowledge in the sport, how hard he ran his guys. And then I couldn't eat. Wrestling sounds like the worst sport imaginable. 
Now, when I found Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Brandon was a purple belt. So I didn't start under Brandon. As most of you guys know, I started at a straight blast gym, and wrestling wasn't part of the curriculum. And so my first 10 months, zero wrestling. Then I start training with Brandon. He's a purple belt. We did a little bit of wrestling. Brandon had spent a lot of time getting good at the low single. So by the time I had started training with Brandon, he had already done like 10,000 reps. Like Brandon had calculated how many reps he did of the low single. If you're interested in kind of checking out what the low single is, you should definitely type in John Smith low single. He is one of the best wrestlers of all time. Some people think he's the greatest wrestler of all time, and he is the man for the low single. But Brandon had already done 10,000 plus low single reps. And so there would be classes that were based around the low single. But other than that, we still started one person up, one person down, pretty much 100% of the time when we did grappling rounds. So my first two schools, well, I should say my previous school and the school that I'm still currently at, you know, everyone started one up, one down. It was just, that's what happened. And people would uh, wrestle occasionally, but I was never one of them. I was always a guard player. I would always sit to my butt and play guard. Now, when I first started training with Brandon, he was teaching out of the back of a karate school. But he had gotten this amazing opportunity to start an MMA program at a local gym. And this gym was run by a family, and their oldest son had just won the state championship uh, in wrestling. And he won the state championships, I believe, at the 205-pound weight division. And he was really interested in becoming an MMA fighter. Brandon was the local guy in town that everybody knew for MMA. So they approached Brandon and Brandon started a program underneath them. Brandon's idea was to create a university there. He wanted to offer a bunch of different disciplines. So he talked to a boxing coach, a wrestling coach. He tried to get a karate coach. Tried to just get a bunch of different disciplines all under one roof to create an MMA team where he was going to be the head coach. Well, a lot of people turned him down. Like the karate guy turned him down. The judo guy turned him down. Like a bunch of different people turned him down. But he got a boxing coach and a wrestling coach. The boxing coach only lasted like three weeks. He came in. He taught twice a week for three weeks. And then he never came back. But we got a wrestling coach. So this is the first time that I started taking real wrestling practices. He only stuck around, though, for it was definitely less than three months. I would say probably two months. He was teaching twice a week, and he had been a Alabama state champion wrestler, and he coached wrestling at one of the local high schools. So he was coming in twice a week to teach us wrestling, and he immediately came in with a completely different mindset. I was just shocked at the differences between his mindset and our mindsets when it came to grappling. And this guy came in like, okay, I'm teaching basically a bunch of white belts because that's pretty much we all were. Brandon was a purple belt and then there was a couple of blue belts, but everybody else was white belts. So he's coming in and hearing, okay, I'm going to be teaching like a bunch of white belts, guys that have never wrestled how to wrestle. And so he came in kind of as like an alpha dog. He was a bigger guy, over 200 pounds, and like I said, he was a state champion wrestler. So he thought he was coming in 
to a place where he could just, you know, handle business. And he came in really loud, you know, lots of yelling, lots of just like, explode, explode, explode. I remember asking him one time, it was like the third wrestling class he had taught, like, hey, I'm trying to set up a double leg. How do I set up this double leg better? Like, you know, can you give me kind of a setup to do? And I remember him just like yelling at me, like, I don't care what you do, just explode through it. You know, and he used a lot more harsher words than that. But, again, there was just a lot of yelling, you know. And I looked at wrestling as kind of barbaric. I saw jiu-jitsu as this elegant, beautiful art that really prioritized technique. And then whenever I watched wrestling, it just looked like guys that were spazzing out and exploding, you know. And they were just doing everything they could to get the takedown and pin their opponent. And I just, I saw that there was a value in it, in wrestling, but I didn't see any beauty in it, and I didn't have any desire to pursue it, other than Brandon wanted us in this class, especially if we had aspirations to compete. And so I was in every wrestling class, but I didn't enjoy it. And, you know, we would have to wrestle the wrestling coach, and of course he would just like throw us around, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is miserable, but... Then he decided he wanted to do a submission round. And I'll never forget this. So this guy, multiple time, I believe he was a multiple time state champion Alabama wrestler. He's come in basically just like, look, you guys suck at wrestling. He's like yelling at us every which way, you know, telling us how terrible we are. And he grapples me and I tap him with an armbar from the guard. And I remember him being completely shocked. He came back the next week and wanted to run it back. Brandon had, like him and Brandon had rolled and Brandon had tapped him, but he was like, okay, Brandon's been doing this a while. He's the head instructor. He's a purple belt, but there's no way this white belt that can't even do a duck walk, there's no way he could beat me in any aspect of grappling. And the next time we rolled, I tapped him again. Well, the third time he came back, it was kind of like he put all of his ego on the line and was like, hey, I want to do this one more time. And me and another one of our white belts tapped him, and he never came back. He quit being our wrestling coach. So in my mind, I'm like, why do I need to learn how to wrestle? This guy was one of the best state champions ever. Like, he had wrestled in college, I believe. Like, he had all these, like, accolades. You know, he's coming in, and he's getting beat by white belts. Wrestling sucks. You know, like, wrestling is exactly, it's barbaric. I'm just going to keep learning Brazilian jiu-jitsu technique, and I will overcome all of wrestling jiu-jitsu is superior to wrestling the ufc's taught us that that was my experiences anytime i ever grappled with a you know a wrestling guy that uh, that came to submission grappling you know when he came to brazilian jiu-jitsu class i tapped him and i was like that's what i'm trying to get good as tapping people i'm not trying to pin people i'm not trying to take down people i just want to get good at tapping people and so i put out wrestling from my mind so right the wrestling coach quits brandon again occasionally will teach some wrestling technique but if it is wrestling it's going to be arm drag or a low single and that's good enough for me i'll go through the wrestling classes but i'm going to continue to get better at submission grappling particularly from the guard and i'm going to use my guard to sweep get on top and then i'll work on passing from there i didn't have any you know illusions that 
look, if I'm not training a takedown, if I'm not taking, uh, training takedowns, I'm not going to be able to take down other people. But I'll just pull guard in any situation or I'll let them take me down. Because whenever I trained with wrestlers, they would just take me down and I'd submit them. So I figured I could do that in a street fight if it came to it. I would do that in a tournament. I'd done it plenty of times in tournaments. I would catch guillotines on the way down or they'd end up in my closed guard and I'd submit them. So no big deal. It wasn't until I was a purple belt when I really started to think about wrestling, like really training wrestling. And that was because of ADCC. Now, at that time, ADCC was dominated by wrestling. And ADCC has always been dominated by wrestling. There's plenty of examples of guys that have limited submission grappling experiences going into the ADCC tournament and doing really, really well. Most recently, that was Nick Rodriguez, who was a blue belt that got second place at ADCC. But it had happened before Nick Rodriguez. There was a guy that I believe he wrestled at Rutgers. He was an All-American wrestler at Rutgers, and he came in with like nine months of, of um, jiu-jitsu experiences, and he finished third place. I know he got to the semifinals of ADCC, but I'm pretty sure he finished third with nine months of submission grappling experience. And so I was watching ADCC. I competed at the ADCC trials, and I, um, you know, I, was, I should say I was getting ready for the ADCC trials. And so me, Brandon, and a couple of other guys were consistent. We were always starting on our feet, and we were training a lot of wrestling. And so I really started to go on YouTube, and I started to study wrestling. And I was finding that I was having a lot of wrestling success because of my cardio. So I would just go really, really hard. I would use my cardio to push the pace. If I got taken down, I would just get right back up again, and I would just keep shooting until I got the takedown. And that was working for me. Now, when I did the ADCC trials, I didn't use any of my wrestling. I pulled guard in my matches, and, you know, as you guys know, I got to the quarterfinals where I lost to Enrico Coco, who ended up winning that day. But I didn't use any wrestling. Used my guard and went for submissions. But I was training a lot of wrestling, and then going into the next ADCC trials, which was supposed to be in five months, I was planning on really doing a lot of wrestling to get ready for that. But that's when I first hurt my elbow. I hurt my elbow really bad in an arm lock. It tore my UCL. And, man, I I was very, very compromised. Now, I had to put all of wrestling on hold. I trained with one arm for a long time. And when I came back and was training 100% again, I was really worried about wrestling because I just knew how tough wrestling was on my body. Fast forward a little bit, I end up injuring my shoulder, have to have surgery, and I definitely, when I came back from that shoulder surgery, I had zero plans to ever wrestle again. So in my mind, I was never going to wrestle again. What really scared me was I read a lot of stories about wrestlers coming back from shoulder injuries. If you've ever wrestled, if you grew up wrestling, you know that it's probably the toughest sport on your body. Anybody that's been wrestling for any significant amount of time, so over four or five years, has had a surgery. It seems like every wrestler I know that's wrestled for a period of time, especially if they wrestled in college, they have a surgery, usually multiple surgeries. And I was reading all these guys on different forums talk about their experiences coming back 
to wrestling from shoulder surgeries and a lot of guys like retore their rotator cuffs or retore their labrum they would shoot in and a guy would sprawl and it would pop their shoulder again and i was like man i am never wrestling again i don't want to risk that and so when i started training again i just really doubled down tripled down on the guard i was going to use my guard do not get past sweep get to the top and then pass from there but the criticism was always still there. Well, what if? How do you get a fight to the ground? Well, I'll still stand, and if, when the fight gets to the ground, I'm going to submit the guy. Whether it's a street fight or whether it's during a match and I'm going against a wrestler, I believe in my jiu-jitsu. And that was my stance. And I really dug deep into that because I was so worried about getting injured. I became almost anti-wrestling because I was so worried about getting injured. Didn't want to learn any of it, didn't want to take the classes, didn't want to, if Brandon was showing any techniques or somebody was showing wrestling techniques, I was not there. I was not interested at all. We had a guy come down who wrestled at Michigan. He was a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but he wrestled Division One at Michigan, and he was teaching a wrestling seminar. And I just didn't go because, again, I was like, I don't care at all about learning about this. I'm not ever going to utilize this. The only time I'll wrestle is with a kid, and I'm not going to just learn wrestling techniques so I can wrestle kids. Don't care. But recently, my mind shift, uh, my mind has started to shift. One of the big things was that really started to open my eyes uh, that I just couldn't account for was just the success that wrestlers have had recently in MMA. Now, wrestlers have had success in MMA for a very long time. Do not get me wrong. But some of the performances that have been wrestling heavy, especially by Khabib, really impressed me. I'm a guy that's drawn to art. Like, I see my jujitsu as an art. Now, obviously, I have, um, you know, I believe in the martial side of it, but I really love the art side of jujitsu. And I'm always drawn to beautiful performances. Khabib's performances really started to become beautiful to me. I loved the way he controlled guys. I loved the way he grappled. But he wasn't a jiu-jitsu guy. He was a combat sambo guy, but mostly a wrestler. He represented wrestling. And I just couldn't stop thinking about that, about how dominant and about how much I enjoyed watching his performances, about how much I wanted some of what he had. But I was still so worried about practicing wrestling. I didn't want to, you know, so I really kept resisting. Been watching a lot of jujitsu guys now start to add wrestling in. A lot of people think that this is the next evolution of nogi jujitsu. It's going to go from leg locks to wrestling to submissions. And I'm starting to see that happen. But definitely this year, I thought more about wrestling and about training wrestling and about becoming a really good wrestling instructor uh, than I ever have. And it's for a few reasons. The first being that I've watched Gordon Ryan the past couple of years. I've watched how he's had to evolve, especially with guys that try to run from him. Gordon used to have a huge issue. He would pull guard if his opponent didn't engage, if his opponent didn't try and beat him with jiu-jitsu, then the match would be horrible. It'd be so boring. Gordon had no way of forcing his opponents to engage with him. So he started to improve at wrestling. And I watched his 2019 ADCC performance. I was really, really impressed. And I've been listening to that camp talk more and more about 
getting good at wrestling. They all are training wrestling. Anytime you go on flow grappling and you see their training sessions, they're focusing on wrestling. They're focusing on wrestling to the back or wrestling into leg locks. If you've seen some of Gary's performances in MMA, you'll see how much better he's gotten at wrestling. I mean, wrestling, uh, excuse me, Gary's always been a pretty good wrestler. But he's had a few transitions in 1FC that have just been absolutely beautiful. And I've loved watching him grapple the past couple of years in his super fights because he is the perfect example of submission wrestling. I mean, he chains his submissions and wrestling together in just beautiful ways. And watching those guys and listening to... Um, you know, Gordon and John Donahue on Joe Rogan talking about how wrestling is the most underutilized aspect of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, especially sport Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and how there's a huge hole there. And what interested me the most was listening to John Donahue talk about whoever can gap, whoever can, I, uh, I should say, mesh jiu-jitsu with wrestling, but in a jiu-jitsu way, they will dominate the jiu-jitsu scene for the next couple of years. Like that's the next big discovery. So how do we take takedown techniques and make them Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? And there's certain aspects that make a technique Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and a lot of it's the pacing, a lot of it's the delicateness of Jiu-Jitsu. It's a yielding art. Wrestling's a very combat, very forward, very pressure, very just in-your-face art. Where Jiu-Jitsu is, while there is, again, a very much a combat aspect to it and it can be very hard very grindy very tough very in your face as well for the most part though i think the 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 parts that make it special are are the yielding parts the parts where you take and use your opponent's movements against them where you're focusing on kazushi and off balancing and you know you're able as a small person to defeat a larger opponent and I think whoever can take those wrestling techniques and mil, uh, like mesh them and you know start to combo them with submissions are going to have a huge advantage, especially when it comes to ADCC. And so I've been watching and studying more, and I've slowly started to train it more and more. And this month, I've trained more wrestling than I have the past five years combined. I've been doing a lot of wrestling rounds. And I've found that, man, I've leveled up my wrestling already like a level or two. And it really helps that I'm a black belt, right? So if you've never wrestled, so if you're listening to this and, and you're intrigued by wrestling or if you've always been intrigued by wrestling, don't hear this and go, oh, well, like Scaff improved his wrestling, like feels like he leveled up, um, you know, a level or two over a month. Like you have to understand I spend every single day on the mat. And so learning grappling comes at a much faster rate for me than it did five years ago or eight years ago. I mean, when I first took those wrestling classes from that high school coach when I was a white belt a long, 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 long time ago, I was a terrible grappler. But now I'm able to feel and see, and I just feel like I can, I'm starting to see wrestling opens, uh, openings even. I can feel the off-balancing taking place. I can feel the right grips. It's been really, really cool. I wish I would have been a black belt this whole time. Man, things would have come so much easier. Obviously, the struggle is worth it. But again, I really feel like, man, I think I can become a, a pretty good wrestler. My goal is to at least get to the level where I can wrestle with college wrestlers. Like I can take them down. I want to be able to, to really have success against good college wrestlers. Now, I understand that 
beating like Olympic level wrestlers is out of the question. I mean, they are focused on it. It'd be like just like an Olympic wrestler coming in and going, I want to submit, uh, you know, a really good competition level black belt. Like there is no way in hell in a million years that that could ever happen. Just like there's no way Gordon Ryan could beat Bo Nichols in a wrestling match. But if it just comes to can Gordon Ryan take down Bo Nichols, especially in a submission format. I mean, he already did that. He used the scissor leg takedown, which is a takedown. He used that to take down Bo Nichols. And so I would like to get proficient enough to where I can at least hang with some of those guys or at least be in the room, but I definitely want to at least be able to hang and take down college-level wrestlers. Now, I'm still a long ways away. But I want to give you guys my game plan of how I'm going to go about doing this. First, John Donahue, I think he has shown me or shown everyone that you don't have to train an art to become an expert at it. Like John Donahue has never wrestled and he's a phenomenal wrestling mind. He's a world-class wrestling coach. The same that he's Gary Tonin's striking coach, he's Gary Tonin's wrestling coach, he's Gary Tonin's Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach. And so if you are passionate enough and if you're willing to work hard enough, you can study an art without ever really learning from an expert in that art, especially with the internet today. You can study the masters and become proficient at whatever skill you want. I think that is so cool. So I've been doing a lot of studying, just watching a lot of videos on YouTube, a lot of videos on flow wrestling and flow grappling related to um, related to wrestling, and that's been helping a lot. Now, training-wise, I'm really just looking to flow right now. I'm looking to see. A, I'm really looking to see wrestling and get comfortable with wrestling. I think it's incredibly important to get comfortable before you start going hard think too often you we we kind of we step a little bit over our heads right we go into a situation that's out of our comfort zone and so we end up shelling up and that ends up hindering our learning process i'm a big fan of getting as comfortable as possible when i'm learning a new skill it's already uncomfortable enough that i'm trying to learn the new skill the last thing i need to do is you know wrestle with guys that wrestled in college i'm trying to stay away from those guys right now because I know if I can't take down jujitsu guys, or if I can't take down, you know, a uh, hundred and thirty pound, you know, um, guy that wrestled a year in high school, like there's no way in hell I'm gonna or take down a guy that wrestled in college, you know, especially if he wrestled at like Division One or two, or he got a college scholarship at an NAIA place. Like some of those NAIA wrestlers are super, super good, and so I gotta work my way up those levels. And so I'm wrestling a lot right now with women. You guys know I'm a huge fan of utilizing women and improving skill sets. I really think that the biggest reason why training with women is important, especially in wrestling, is that it makes me feel comfortable that uh, I just don't feel like I'm going to get injured. Getting injured from wrestling has always been one of my biggest fears. And so if I am going ham with some young stud that wrestled a bunch in high school or wrestled in college, my mind is going to constantly be thinking about okay what if something crazy happens you're not in your comfort zone pull guard pull guard if he picks you up and slams you or if your legs get tangled up or if you fall wrong you're going to get injured and so it stifles my creativity it stifles my ability to learn 
where when I'm training with women, we have, uh, you know, I've had Nakaya on the podcast. Nakaya is a, a pretty damn good wrestler. She is really fun to wrestle with. She's been really trying to get good at wrestling the past couple of years. And so she technically is really tough. And so I have some really good, like yesterday I did two six-minute wrestling rounds with her, and I can feel myself improving with that. I also stepped it up yesterday. So I've been really working hard the past month on my wrestling, and I stepped it up yesterday and, and wrestled with a guy that wrestled a couple of years in high school, and I took him down a handful of times. So I was very, very pleased with that. It's those small wins, you know. But the, I should also mention the high school wrestler. I probably had 20, 25 pounds on him. So I'm wrestling with smaller people right now, and I'm going to work my way up that ladder to where, again, I can compete with guys that wrestled in college. And I don't think it's going to be too long for me. A lot of that is due to all of the grappling experience I already have. I mean, being a first-degree black belt gives me superpowers when it comes to learning new grappling skills. But that's how I'd recommend I was talking to one of my buddies that's interested in wrestling. He's a smaller guy. He's a purple belt. And he was like, hey, how do I get good at wrestling? You know, I want to get good at it, but a lot of the people, he doesn't train at our gym. He trains at another gym. He's like, a lot of people at my gym are huge, and they go ham. And I was telling him, I was like, just find people around your size that have never wrestled, right, or just want to get better at wrestling, people that you can kind of control, train with them, train with the women. He's like 145 pounds, so, you know, he can definitely be a really good training partner to a woman. So I was like, train with the women, train with some of the smaller guys that do not have a lot of wrestling experience, that aren't just going to shoot and take you down 28 times. I just think it's so important that you get positive feedback every time you train. Getting taken down 23 times by that guy that's way better than you at wrestling is not making you better. Oh, well, I'm gonna, I want to go out there and wrestle the toughest guys. No, you don't. You're not going to get better. You're going to get tougher doing that, but you're not going to get better doing that. I want to see success in whatever skill set I'm trying to build every single training session. But I also want to be aware. I don't want to take down uh, like Nakaya. So if I take down Nakaya a couple of times, I don't want to then think I'm an Olympic level or I'm ready like, oh, I could wrestle in college. Like, no, there's no way in hell I could wrestle in college right now. But I've got to work my way up to that point. And it starts there. So start much lower, right? Start low with smaller people, people that are less experienced, find a really good wrestling training partner. Um, you know, I'm really lucky again to have Nakaya. She's really pushed me and she's really helped me get better at wrestling just in the past, you know, six weeks that we've been training, uh, you know, pretty going pretty heavy into the wrestling. And I'm going to continue to update you guys on my progress. And I'm hoping one day that I can be a really, really good wrestling coach. I really think it's possible that I could become a high, high, high-level wrestling coach. If John Donahue did it, anybody can do it. Until next time, guys, I hope you enjoyed the PGF. We had a phenomenal time. There was 34 guys entered into that bracket. Huge shout-out to Giovanni Ortiz. He killed it. He won the first qualifier. There's still four more. So if you're interested and you're under 170 pounds, please Go to the pgfhome.com, sign up, register for one of them. The Louisville qualifiers coming up next weekend. Brandon's going to Fort Myers Beach. He's also going to Atlanta, Austin, and I think there might be one more place. But yeah, there's definitely four, at least four more qualifiers. So win your spot into the PGF. 
do it, guys. Peace.